Hi, this is Nathan Caldwell. You may know me from Protectorate Productions, Protectors of the Book, Team Jadith Live, Dr. What. Well, I'm starting a new show. It's called Protectorate Productions Comedy Showcase. You will hear things from Classic Team Jadith Live, some new items, and I'm hoping to get some other podcasters on board by simply asking them if I could use some clips from their shows, maybe even from shows long ago. Well, jump into the adventure with me, because here we go. Listen to Fred Passmore and John Lawhon from SheeplaughsComedyShow.com. Sometimes people get into trouble. Sometimes they have a friend or loved one looking for them. And sometimes they're just lost. When somebody needs to be found, that's where I come in. My name is Wrigley. I'm a private detective. It was a steamy Saturday night in our southern coastal city, and I was standing in front of the seediest dive in town, a seafood place called The Raw Bar and Grill. But I wasn't afraid, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the bar. So, with my chin out, my fedora cocked with a hair trigger, and a fresh stick of spearmint in my kisser, I went in. The place was filled with human refuse, the waste of a user society. With eyes like two steel wool pads, I scoured the place thoroughly. I was looking for a guy named Pittman. First name, Stu. Finally, through the dimly lit haze of smoke, I saw a likely suspect. He was sitting alone, staring a bottle of root beer into submission. Your name's Stu? Who wants to know? The name's Wrigley. Private detective. I ain't done nothing wrong. Didn't say you had. Just got a couple of questions to ask you. Get lost, gumshoe. Been lost. Didn't like it. Now, you're gonna answer me? Or am I gonna have to get tough? Yeah, yeah, my name's Stu. What's it to you? Been looking for you. Your garage has been closed for weeks and your phone's disconnected. You hang out here a lot, Stu? Mostly. Only folks around here call me Oyster. Oyster? Yeah, Oyster. Oyster Stew. Hmm, according to my notes, Oyster, I think I might have made a mistake. The guy I'm looking for goes by the nickname of... And you know why they call me Oyster? Because I like to be left alone. Well then, I'll leave you alone and look somewhere... I live a solitary life, just like an Oyster, and I like it that way. Well, I'll... And, like an Oyster, I have a hard, crusty shell. A shell to keep the world away. And to keep me away from the world. And I don't want to be bothered by anyone. And I don't need a friend. Okay, I'm hidden. But, like an oyster, hidden inside is a soft, vulnerable creature. A sensitive part. Tender and gentle. Alright, I'll leave you. But, like an oyster, I'm also slimy inside. Slimy and disgusted to look at in broad daylight. Too low to kick and too wet to step on. So I keep my shell closed and lie at the bottom of life's polluted riverbed in the filthy mud and rusty tin cans and worn out old tires. Okay, catch it. But uh, deep inside that crusty exterior, hidden even deeper. I think this guy wants to talk. Inside the slimy insides, there lies a pearl. And you know what's inside that pearl, gumshoe? A grain of sand. 
an irritating, painful piece of grit that gets inside your shell between your bivalve and your siphon, rubbing you raw, and you can't get it out, no matter how much pain it causes. You know what my pain was, Wrigley? A memory. Memory of a woman. It ate away at my heart until I wrapped it in beautiful memories of the good time we had, and it didn't hurt so bad anymore. You know what pain is, Wrigley? Yeah, because you're squeezing the dickens out of my shoulder. Women. Man, my grip. Can't live with them, can't live without them. And this dame, she was something special. Her name was Pearl. I've never found any woman that I had so much in common with. We both loved changing our engine oil on the weekend and running barefoot through the cow pasture. We both loved shooting squirrels as they walked over the telephone lines across the highway and watching them hit the road and get flattened by 18-wheelers. We loved picking our toes on the front porch as the sun went down and then watching our tapes of our favorite TV commercials. I remember those summer days, spent looking for snails in the garden, then surrounding them with salt and betting on which ones would melt first as they tried to get away. And we both loved to talk. You may not believe this, Wrigley, but there was a time I talked a lot. I never would have known. We would stay up till dawn, talking. We never listened to each other. We just talked at the same time. But it was like paradise, Adam and Eve in the garden. Except Pearl was a lot hairier than Eve, and she was bigger. And she hated apples because they gave her gas. But like the Garden of Eden, it couldn't last because there was just one little problem. We got to where we couldn't stand each other. I can't imagine why. I remember how it ended. It was last Valentine's Day. I forgot all about it and went fishing instead. She says she wanted somebody more romantic. She gave me back my issues of feeling stream, and I gave her back her can of fix-a-flat and 40-piece socket set. She left me one thing to remember her by. This bottle opener with a mother-of-pearl handle. Now every time I pop the top of a cold one, I'm reminded of Pearl's mother, and it helps make it easier. That was one hateful woman. Looking back, I figured out what went wrong. We were too much alike. We both saw too much of ourselves in the other, and we didn't like what we saw. But you just can't get away from yourself, and I've been making myself miserable ever since. Yeah, I'm ready to hurl. What was that? Uh, I said, uh, whatever happened to Pearl... Well, I heard that she got religion and opened up a combination homeless shelter and 24-hour car wash. She gives people a place to stay and food in return for their work at her car wash. Plus, they get to take a shower and clean their clothes while they work. Not too bad, huh? Sounds like you could take a cue from Pearl. Nah, there ain't room in my shell for God. I like it just the way I am. So you go back to whoever sent you, by gum, and you tell them that oyster stew don't want to be found. Nobody knows my business, and nobody's ever going to shuck and jive this oyster. I just want to be left alone. My heart ain't just broke. It's smashed and stomped on, and Valentine's Day is just another reminder of why it's better to just clam up and forget about love. Ain't nothing to it. So what'd you want to know? I've heard more than enough already. Wrong stew. Sorry to bother you. Don't sweat it, gummy bear. Just one more thing, Oyster. There's somebody out there that sees you as a tasty morsel, and one day you're going to be steamed open and swallowed whole into the mouth of hell. I'd advise you to find the pearl of great price that the Bible talks about. 
and hide that away inside. Then you'll be in the right harvest when the nets are drawn in. What are you, a detective or a preacher? I'm a fisher of men. Here's my card if you ever want to open up and talk about it. I got nothing to say. I just want to be left alone. So go on, get out of here. See you around, Stu. I left Oyster to stew in his own juices. The stew I was looking for was the heir of a million dollar estate. But there was no need to tell Oyster that. It would have only depressed him. The stew I needed to find was nicknamed Beef. And I knew one thing. I sure wasn't looking forward to hearing his story. That's right, just get out of here. Just walk out that door and forget about me. That's it. Keep going. Who needs you? I don't need nobody. Just walk out, like everybody else in my life. Just take a hike and lose old oyster stew. The loser. Nobody wants a loser for a friend. Hey, stew. You still here? Yeah, well, I forgot something. What's that? What it's like to need a friend. And how to be one. Lukewarm. You're right. I have been. I I meant the root beer. Oh. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. Look, I'm going to a men's Bible study tonight. The topic is going to be God's love, tougher than nails. How about joining me, Stu? Uh, well, I don't know. Afterwards, the guys are coming over to my place for some food and fellowship. How about it? Well, I I could use a little of both, I suppose. Bottle root beer ain't a very good listener. Sure, why not? It's about time I came out of my shell anyway. Gets kind of lonely in there. Come on, I'll give you a lift. Buddy, you already have. Hey, Bull, I'm out of here. You know, those things are bad for you. Yeah, I know. Started chewing gum a long time ago and got in the habit. But I'm cutting back. Down to a pack a day. By the way, is the food any good in here? I don't think so. Gives me heartburn. I just came here to be more miserable. (laughs) As we left the raw bar and grill, I realized that Stu had taught me a valuable lesson. He wasn't the one with the clammed up heart. I had been. Sometimes we need to do more than offer well-intentioned advice or even biblical quotes. Sometimes what the person needs first is an open ear, a heart willing to sympathize, and a shoulder willing to share the burden. It's easier to share the word of God if we've first shown the love of God. Well, that's my story. There's a lot of stories in the big city, and I had a feeling I was going to be hearing more of them. Except next time, I wouldn't mind quite so much. After all, the Lord took time to listen to me, and I'm sure glad he did. Well, I guess it's time for our next segment. We sometimes do parodies, but no copyright infringement is intended. What was that? All right, Doctor, you're just a little bit... Hmm... Paranoid, I'd say. Not like you at all. Well, then maybe we should do something else. Something else, you say? Like what? How did you get here? Oh, that's easy. I just, uh... 
teleported with my little teleport ringy thingy. Your teleport ringy thingy. Oh, sure. All of us garbage bags have them. Did you say garbage bags? Yes. I'm the white garbage bag. And I'm here because I need you to do me a big favor. Oh, dear. In the tablets with no toilet. This is an episode of Dr. What. And what could a garbage bag want with me? Hmm? Now you know better than that, Doctor. I'm not a garbage bag. Well, I believe that's what you said. You were a white garbage bag. No, Doctor. I said I was THE white garbage bag. It's a title, Doctor. Not an item you get from the shopping center in the middle of Space Warrior Central. A great place for all your shopping needs! I see. Well, hmm. What can I do for you, then? Well, I kind of made a big mistake. You've made a mistake, you say? Hmm. Hmm? Yes, I've kind of lost the key to grime. <clears throat> Excuse me, what did you say? I lost the key to grime. You've lost the what? Doctor, doctor, please calm down. Do you know how dangerous the key to grime is? And you've lost it? Well, not not exactly lost it, really. I've just, just kind of destroyed it on accident. You destroyed it on... Oh, my. How many pieces... Just twelve. Let me guess. You want me to find the twelve pieces of the key to grime. If it's not too much trouble. Well, I mean, it may take some time, but uh, if you're willing to wait for it, I don't see why I can't start the quest for the key to grime. A wink, a wink. What's with all the winking? Oh, the ones who were supposed to know, hopefully know. If you say so, eh, about the patience thing, I have no problem waiting, but I do have one tiny stipulation. Oh, what would that be, hmm? You need to find it before the black garbage bag finds it. Do I even want to know why you said... No, it's not like that, I swear. 
There's a good guy and an evil guy. There's a good garbage bag and an evil garbage bag. You know, like the cowboys, they wore white hats, black hats. I'm the white garbage bag. You have to find the 12 pieces of the key to grime before the black garbage bag finds it. Oh, is that right? Hmm. I hear some people out there yelling at me. Hold on, let me listen. What What was that? Hmm, are you certain? Are you sure? Well, that's fascinating. Hmm. It would kind of make for a short episode, though. Should I go with it? All right. I'm sorry, I can't help you. They say you're actually the black garbage bag in disguise. I am not. What do you say, Clement Nine? A clockative master. Yeah, there you have it. I'm afraid we're going to have to kick you off the ship oh, now. No, 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 no. Reverse no. tractor beam laser, no. Clement Nine. No, no please, no, no. What, you think I'm going to do 12 episodes dedicated to the key to grime? Come on, you're ridiculous. Who do you think I am, Tom Baker? By the way, I love Tom Baker. Ah, the glorious out of doors. Ah, I see a wild creature out here. I think it's a... Uh oh. Oh oh crud. It's oh man. It's it's a bat free. Um guys, guys, uh listen to this sketch by John Bell. Um I've, I've gotta hide. Uh, uh hold on, hold on. Uh I had to hide. I had to get in the building. That bat frees are dangerous, man. They are dangerous. Oh. Okay, um I think I'm safe now. Bells in the Bat Free, John Bell's show, can be found at thebatfree.com on the Mutual Audio Network and finer podcast sites. Fine, fine, finer podcast sites? John, are you, are you sure that's what I was supposed to read? Yes, yes, the finer sites. We're trying to imply that only the finer sites would carry Bells in the... In the Okay, you can skip that part. In a few moments, I'll have an author who has written a very, uh, very interesting book on how to keep your marriage alive. She'll be in in just a few moments, but my first guest is big game hunter and chef Chumley Chamondali. Hello, Mr. Chamondali. You call me Chumley. Chumley, then. Chumley, yes, yes, Chumley. Uh, Chumley. Yes, Mr. Um, Bell. Bell. Bell, yes, Mr. Bell. Call me John. John, I'll call you John, then, Mr. That'd be Bell. That'd fine, yes. Yes, I've written a book uh, based on my experiences, and uh, here's a copy here. Oh, thank you. Uh, hunting Wildebeest in the Savannah. Oh, yes, yes. I spent many hours hunting the Wildebeest all through the Savannah. Yes, do you spend a lot of time in Africa? Africa. Yes, Africa. Africa, no, no, I've never been to Africa, actually. I'd like to try going there sometime. But, but, quite um, interesting, I It say. says that you hunted wildebeest in the savannah. Well, you're not quite reading that exactly right. I hunted wildebeest in savannah. Savannah. Georgia. Georgia. Yes, yeah, Savannah, Georgia. Nice town, very homey, nice, peaceful. 
But very few wildebeest. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You hunted wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia? Am I speaking too quickly for you, sir? No. Should I use smaller words? No, no. Shorter sentences you have a little uh, trouble comprehending. Yeah. Why, why, why were you hunting wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia? Do you have something against Georgia, you know? No, man? I was just wondering why. Well, I happened to be living there at the time, uh-huh. and I decided to myself, you know, I need to go out and find some wildebeest so I could write about it. So I went out hunting wildebeest. Unless I'm mistaken, there are no wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia. It's that sort of attitude that keeps people down, sir. Well, you have I... to go after your dream. Well, you yes, can't I understand. let people de- de- deter you. You well, must go on to... and, and do what you want to do. Like yes, hunting wildebeest right. in Savannah, Georgia, sir. All right, All right I'm sorry. I apologize. How right. many wildebeest did you get in Savannah, Georgia? That's the attitude, Pip Pip Goodshow. Let's see, I was hunting there for two years. I spent the summer in the northern part of the winter. There's a very discouraged climb the mountains. Um, uh, being generally, um, none. None. There are no wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia. Yet you wrote this 372-page book about hunting wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia? Yes, if, if, if the reader gets nothing else from this book, I would hope that they would get the impression that um, hunting for wildebeest in Savannah, Georgia is somewhat of a uh, <clears throat> futile effort. I see. There being no wildebeest, wildebeest in Savannah, Savannah Georgia. Georgia. Let's move on to your next book here. I understand this is a cookbook. Yes, in my spare time while I was hunting wildebeest, I came up with this cookbook with some of my favorite recipes. I see. And what is your specialty? Wildebeest. You wrote a cookbook about cooking wildebeest. Yes, I want to be prepared in case I ever bagged one. You've never bagged a wildebeest? Well, no, not yet. But I'm sure if I ever see one, I'll certainly... You've uh... never seen one? Well, not as such, uh, no. Yet you wrote a book about cooking wildebeest. Yes, and here's the title. Wildebeest, be home for dinner. And how many ways do you have to cook a wildebeest? Uh, 101 ways. Just open it up at random to any page at all. All right. Uh, here, page 37. Boil it. Ah, yes, boiled wildebeest. That's all it says. Of course. On the entire page, all it says is boil it. Well, that's all you need to do. Doesn't say how long to boil it. Till it's cooked. Okay, let's go to another page. Here's page 75. Oh, yes, yes. What does it say? It says fry it. Ah, fried wildebeest. It doesn't even say what temperature to heat the oil. I would say heat it to a sufficient degree to fry a wildebeest. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. Broil. Oh, yeah. Parch. Delicious. Rotisserie. Gotta try it. Barbecue. Yum, yum. Shake and bake. Need a really big bag. Are you ever going out again to find more wildebeest? Oh, yes. I was thinking of going to the Sahara. The desert? In Las Vegas. Oh. And if I see one of those things slithering out from under a rock, wait, wait, wait. I... Slithering? Slithering out from under a rock. Wait, wait. Wildebeest don't slither. They don't slither. They don't slither at all. Forked tongue. No forked tongue. Scales. No, they're not snakes. I may have to go back to Savannah. Might be a good idea. Thank you very much, uh... Chumley. Chumley. Chumley, yes, thank you. For joining us on Bells in the Battery. Next time I see you, we'll have a wildebeest feast. Ho, 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 ho. Goodbye. Well, that was... Sorry, discharged my wildebeest gun. Informative. And here's this week's old-time radio moment. Brought to you by the Retro Radio Podcast. And Keith Heltley. Well, good morning, Mrs. Wetwash. Oh, hello, Mr. Abbott. My, you know you ought to muzzle that St. Bernard dog. (laughs) Oh, pardon me, it's Costello. (laughs) Uh, Tell me, Costello, how are things in Gawker, moron? (laughs) 
Mr. Whitwash, I wish you hadn't said that. I was just telling Abbott, your face reminds me of a rose. Oh, really? An American beauty rose? No. A rhinoceros. Listen, Whitwash, Costello's leaving for New York to join Joe DiMaggio's place. Take Joe's place. Isn't that wonderful? He's going to play with the Yanks. Oh, I can't believe it. Yes? What do those big Yanks bomb with a little jerk like him? Mrs. Whitwash, that was an insult. I'll have you know that beautiful women find me irresistible. I don't find you irresistible. And I don't find you beautiful. Quiet, Costello. Ask her for those baseball bats her husband left her. Okay. Mrs. Whitwash, I understand when your husband was alive, he had a lot of old bats. That's a lie. He never went out with anybody but me. No, 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 no. No, no, Mrs. Whitwash. Costello means your husband's uh, baseball bats. You yes. see, he thought you might give him one of them. Yes, that's right, Mrs. Whitwash. You see, I need a good bat. Oh, you need a good bat. I'll hmm. be glad to help you out. Can I have the bat right now? Right now. <laughs> well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed making it. See you soon. Have a good day, and remember... Laughter, it's a really good medicine.